Tiger Woods' comeback is obviously complete with his Masters victory and his Tour Championship victory. But who is coaching Tiger Woods? Let's tee it up. Welcome to Data Access Golf, your home for rapid golf improvement. And now, from the thin air of the Rocky Mountains, next on the number one tee, your host, Aaron Stewart. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Data Access Golf, the podcast. Uh, thank you for joining me today. Hey, I wanted to welcome, obviously, to the first day of the RBC Heritage. Uh, always a cool... A tournament to watch, cool golf course, a lot of history. Um, and I think the guys really just enjoy it, right? They enjoy any tournament after a major just because it's such a mental grind. So you kind of uh, see them a little more animated, I think, and smiling a little bit more. And they just kind of take it's a, it. They want to play really good golf, but you see them kind of the guys that didn't get to play in Augusta are happy to be back playing. The guys that did play at Augusta are just grateful that it's kind of over and the mental side of it, they can kind of relax a bit. And you can see kind of in their scores, the guy that's the guys that really struggled through Augusta kind of uh, mentally maybe are a little exhausted. Like Z Xander Shoffley, I think, was a little <laughs> exhausted. And so kind of take a mental break and enjoy just playing a little golf at a really cool golf course. So fun to watch. I, I, I thought one of the funniest things I saw after the round, I know it's been suspended due to darkness, so they'll pick it up tomorrow, but um, I saw that Jordan Spieth had mentioned that he got kind of augusted, which is an interesting term, essentially meaning that he hasn't adjusted to the slower green speeds um, of, of, of the RBC Heritage and um, at Harbor Town. And so he's uh, slowly trying to adjust to that, um, which I think Obviously, uh, any, any one of us have played at one course and then gone to another where the greens are slower or faster. It always takes a little bit to adjust to that. And then that's when you really, really despise the courses when their putting greens are one speed and the, the greens actually out on the course are a different speed. I've never understood that, but it happens may wa way more than it should. Um, but anyway, and then I, I also saw that uh, they asked Dustin Johnson how he was going to adjust, and, and I loved his response. He was like, Hey, it's basically, it's the same game. The skill set's the same, right? At Augusta, they've got bigger greens, but you have to hit very small quadrants. At, at uh, Harbor Town, they've got smaller greens, so that's no different. And then at, at Augusta, you've got to, you know, they, they have longer holes, and so you're hitting more drivers, but the fairways are still pretty narrow, and the fairways are narrow here. So Dustin Johnson didn't really see it as different at all, and I thought that was a, um, goes to his mindset. Right, we're just the skill set is golf, and any golf course he plays on, he expects to do well on. So I thought that was super, uh, very insightful to Dustin Johnson. So I wanted to jump in. the The purpose for the podcast is really twofold. Obviously, um, we did a little. Um, we had a little in the last podcast. We we talked a little bit about some positions in a really great. Uh, golf swing, and um, and I wanted to jump onto that a little bit because a, a really good question came in uh, yesterday about uh, about the golf swing and about the comments that I made about the golf swing. 
So I'm going to talk to this really quickly, just so uh, we can clear a couple things up. It was a great, it was an excellent point, and I'm glad that it was kind of pointed out to me, so we can talk about it really quick. But if you go back to my previous podcast and you download the PDF, they have a link there um, in the notes to the podcast, just to a PDF. It's a very quick, ugly, hideous uh, PDF file that I created just to look at Jin Young Ko's swing and kind of talk about some of the positions in her swing. But one thing that was really brought up, that was brought to my attention and I neglected to bring it out, but it's a very good point. That is if, if you look at the face on view of Jin Young Ko's swing, and if you look down at um, number seven, right, screenshot number seven, you can see that she has, um, she has struck the ball and she is now basically, close enough anyway, horizontal to the ground with her club exiting, uh, going into her follow through. In this particular position, one, you can see, and we talked about this, that her, um, she is actually facing the target. Her head's still down, she's facing the target and uh, in great shape there. But if you look down at her forward foot, her left foot, it is in a very similar position as it was in six, but you can see that it's turned out slightly, okay? And then if you look in the screenshot number eight, you can see that her foot is actually rotated quite a bit and pointed more towards down the fairway, right? So it's opened up quite a bit. And so the question was, you know, why in the world that happens? And, and you know, isn't, isn't that gonna put undue strain on her knee? And it's a good question, and the, and the short answer is no. It won't put any undue, um, it, well, let's say this. If she um, actually had a, her full weight on that foot while it was turning out, yeah, it could cause some undue strain, obviously. But what we're finding in the body track and, and that, that's a um, device that is measuring ground forces that we put during our swing. It measures how your weight shifts, and it's a really cool thing that my buddy Elliot kind of turned us on to. It's a really cool device to, to kind of teach us how we're supposed to properly shift our weight. And what we're finding is in, the, in these touring pros, and LPJ being uh, the same, as they get back to their backside, they've got so much weight on their back on their back heel, but their first movement down, almost all of that weight goes to the front foot and usually into the ball of the foot. And it comes down as they get closer to impact, they, they are actually raising up. And you can kind of see between six and seven that uh, Jin Young has, has straightened that left leg up a little bit. And it, we used to call it posting up. We used to call it a bunch of different things, but we've seen lately in like a Justin Thomas, We've seen in like a, a Bubba Watson where they're literally jumping up, coming through impact and using these ground forces to generate all of this velocity um, through the ball. And that's where some, some of the power is coming to the, these ground forces and using the ground to kind of jump up off the ground. So literally when her foot is turning out from, from really from six to eight, there's very little weight on that foot. So it isn't going to cause any damage or anything to her. It's probably actually quite, it feels quite good to then finish balanced like that with her, hood, with her foot pointed out a little bit more uh, to come up to a really balanced, nice finish position. So excellent question, really cool. Thank you for sending it in. The, but yes, we're learning now that um, the foot turning out right there is actually a result of her 
lifting her weight, jump, literally jumping from the ground to generate power. And we know that she's picked up about 20 yards in her driver over the course of the last 12 months. And it could very well just be that where she's, she's found a, a way to utilize the ground a little bit better. And then she can, able, she can stick that foot out there with really very little weight on it at all. Um, we see in some of the body track data, and if you go look on YouTube and look some of this up, you can see some of these touring pros have almost no weight on that left foot as they come into impact, as they're jumping up, preparing to, to strike the ball. So it's really cool, a very cool thing there. So thank you for asking that question. Her knee is in good shape. She's going to be fine. She's not going to injure herself because she's using those ground forces. So first thing there. And the second point I wanted to talk about today. Um, so I mentioned my buddy Elliot before, and he is a golf geek like I am. And when we get on the phone together, um, right, I think our wives probably both roll their eyes and want nothing to do with it, right? Because we talk about such geeky golf stuff, but we love it. And we have such a fun time doing it. But he was talking to me yesterday, and I didn't know anything about this. I think it was yesterday, and it was the day before. But he turned me on to a, uh, an author that had written a book as a, uh, a and the, the book is literally entitled, entitled a 2019 Master's Preview. And it's a book that is uh, on the stats of um, everybody playing at the Masters. And we use stroke gains for about everything on the PGA Tour, but the Masters group hasn't really allowed ShotLink to be installed on their course. And so we don't really have any stroke gained um, data from, from the Masters. But he went through and kind of put that all together. And, and I found that super interesting. And we're going to talk more about that later. I know that he was recently on another golf podcast, The Fried Egg. Um, so definitely go back and listen to that episode. But this was truly fascinating. I'm about three quarters of the way through the book. But one of the cool things that was mentioned in here is just how dominant Tiger Woods has been over the years. And it's really, it's really quite fascinating a fascinating read. So I wanted to kind of shoot that out as something that Elliot kind of shared with me. But one of the things that was interesting to me is as I was reading this book, he kind of brought out that that a lot of the golf commentators sometimes um, just talk crap, right? They really don't know what they're talking about. And he mentions Johnny Miller in there who's now retired. And I like Johnny Miller and he's a local guy. So, um, but saying things like, hey, you know, Tiger Woods should make this putt 90% of the time, and then he misses it. And, and we see in, this, in the stats, the statistics, that Tiger Woods really should be making that putt more like 30% of the time. But hey, you know, but don't let, you know, data get in the way of any argument, for heaven's sakes, right, if you're a golf commentator. And then he actually took a pot shot at Brandel Chambly, which honestly is, he's an easy target, right? He, he comes across as somebody who's a very educated, data-driven person. And um, when, in all honesty, I don't know if, if Brandel just thinks that the audience can't read and can't do any research, but uh, rarely does the data support his positions. And he kind of mentioned that in, in the early parts of the book, which made me laugh as I was reading some of it last night. And then I was driving into the office today and I happened to be listening to uh, Michael Breed's show and love Michael Breit, good man, um, quite frankly, right? He uses quite frankly a lot. Um, and I actually counted uh, between my house and the office, he used quite frankly six times. In case you're wondering, it's not a very long drive either, but quite frankly, 
Um, I was interested in the topic and the subject matter, and I wouldn't have known about, I don't follow Brando Chambly. I don't, I don't do a lot on Twitter, frankly, quite frankly. Um, but he mentioned that Brando Chambly had put up a tweet that had said, and I've got it here. I'm looking right at it. It says, Tiger's full swing coach didn't get much credit for his master's win, yet he was right there on the range with him every day. And it has a picture of Tiger, sort of tongue-in-cheek, all by himself, right? With like a caddy in the back, and that's it. So I believe um, what Brandel Chambly is trying to say is that uh, Tiger doesn't have a coach. And so Tiger has, going, going back to... Um, this old phraseology that's been used in the golf world for a number of years, that Tiger now is his own coach and he is just, you know, quote unquote, digging it out of the dirt. And uh, I guess taking a shot, again, it, it's kind of hard to know what Brandel Chambly is saying here, but you can assume a couple things. One, he's trying to be controversial because um, that's who he is, right? And if he doesn't do that, he can't afford the, um, the stylist that does his hair. Right, so we get it. We get the whole monetary side. You always, always, right, always go after the money, figure the money out. So he's got to be controversial in order to keep his job, to keep his hairdo. So we get it, right? And he needs that. I think he needs that dye job to keep that. Didn't didn't he marry somebody that was like twenty years younger than him? But that beside the point. So he's um, basically taking a shot, I think, at coaches. And I think that was kind of Michael Breed's point. I didn't stay in the car long enough to finish. I have a very short commute. But that was kind of Michael Breed's point. And, um, and I, can, I can get where you could get that from this, from this message. But my, my thought with all of this is, and I've, I've had podcasts previously on coaches and what you should look for in a coach and, and how coaching is so important. There is, there is nothing in life that you, anything that you want to take on and learn and be really, really good at, especially if you want to be really good at it quickly, an excellent coach can get you there much more quickly than trying to figure out yourself. And it doesn't matter if it's business, it doesn't matter if it's marriage, it doesn't matter what it is. You go find somebody who's an expert in whatever it is that you want to learn about and you learn from them. That is just smart. That's smart living, right? And if you can find it for nothing, great. And if you have to pay for it, great. It's worth the money if you find the right kind of person. Now, in, in Tiger Woods' particular case, we know his history of coaches, right? We know that he was with Butch and he was with Hank and, and, uh, and then he had, went with Sean Foley. And, and I will say there was a lot of people uh, ripping the garbage out of Sean Foley and he caused Tiger Woods back pain and this, that, and the other. And nobody mentioned the fact that he was running on the beach in, in combat boots. But hey, not good for the back either. Not that I've done it or ever will, but running on a beach with combat boots, carrying weights, probably not great for your back. Just saying, I'm not a doctor, I don't play one on TV, but that's my opinion. In this particular case, Tiger Woods has had access to some of the brightest golf minds in the world. And now Tiger doesn't just talk with these coaches. He has good friends with um, Steve Stricker, who has helped him with his putting in the past. He has talked with a number of people over the years about golf. He's Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods Anybody in the golf world would take Tiger Woods' call and be happy to have a discussion with him about the golf swing and roughly, I mean, anything about golf, you would be happy to have a conversation with Tiger Woods. What does, thou, what does that allow Tiger Woods to do? 
basically gather all the knowledge in the world possible about the golf swing and talk to whoever he wants to. And if he has a question, I'm sure his Rolodex is packed full. He can probably get hold of any golf coach in the world in a matter of two to three minutes, right? Calls up his agent, boom, it's done. So Tiger Woods has to go and maybe he's gaining all this knowledge and Tiger Woods knows his golf swing better than anyone. It's his golf swing. And all of us know our golf swings better than anybody else, period, because we're the only ones that are experiencing them. Tiger Woods is experiencing his golf swing. He then takes this knowledge, this wisdom that he gains from others, and he works on things. So there is a component of digging it out of the dirt. I get it. I understand that. But what we're learning now from Tiger Woods' experience is Tiger Woods is also, if you just look at his swing, technically speaking, compared to previous years, Tiger's, Tiger Woods' swing right now is technically better than it's ever been, period. If you just go and do a similar, um, uh, just a similar procedure that I did with Jin, Jin Young Ko's swing, and you just took Tiger's positioned and, positions and looked at them, they are really, really amazing, perfect. What does that mean? What is that? At least this is what I believe. I believe it means this. Tiger Woods has access to really great technology, not only wisdom and stuff from coaches, which is super important, but also Tiger Woods is getting amazing feedback and he is able to then implement that feedback more quickly and get himself to a point where if he is self-taught, whatever, he has all the knowledge that he has gathered from coaches all over the years. So you cannot discount coaching. You cannot discount coaching in this equation. So to just, um, to just, and if that's what Brandel Champlee is doing, he's a moron. You can't come out and just say Tiger swing, Tiger swing coach, yada yada. He doesn't have one. He's just himself, whatever. No, all of that information. Tiger Woods is a smart guy. He's got it all. Tiger Woods talked about going back and looking at his swing um, from when he was in, you know, Stanford and stuff when he was swinging freely. So he's got videos of himself. He's got all this information and all this knowledge that has come over the years from being him, playing his game and knowing his golf swing and, and all of that wisdom, he is now able to go out into a, a driving range and hit some golf balls with excellent, accurate, instant feedback. And every one of us will get better if we're able to do that. But we've got to have the wisdom and the understanding of what's going on through coaching and then we got to go out and figure it out for ourselves. And then if we have a question, I'm telling you right now, if Tiger Woods is hitting balls right now and he doesn't know what's going on and he's feeling something that's funky in his golf swing, he's going to video it. He's going to get on a track band. He's going to do whatever. And he may call somebody to have a look at it as well. So let's just not assume because he's standing there on a tee by himself that he doesn't have a coach and he doesn't have somebody to talk to about his golf swing or he doesn't have feedback or technology or something going on. I think that that was, if that's what Brandel Chambly was attempting to do, then um, wow, not cool, not cool at all. So anyway, that was kind of the rant for the day. Uh, Tiger Woods is really, if you want to be completely fascinated and see how dominant Tiger Woods has been over the years, there is no comparison. This uh, a 2019 Masters preview by Joe Pita. I just bought the Kindle version of it. I think it was like six bucks, seven bucks maybe and downloaded it. It's a quick read. It's only got, you know, 1,250 pages in it. Um, but it's brilliant. I mean, it's really wonderful. This Joe is right up my alley. This man's brilliant and I can't uh, hopefully have a chance to talk with him someday because he's definitely focusing on the stuff that I find super interesting. 
and I think you will too. And Tiger Woods is a um, is amazing, and he has been super amazing for a long time. But just how amazing? Um, I think we're finally starting to see with with research data like this, we're seeing just how amazing he is, how he how how amazing he has been, and it's going to be very interesting to see how amazing he was through this Masters based on this strokes gained data that Joe's able to put together here. So Joe Pita, a 2019 Masters preview. I wish I would have read this before the tournament, but I am grateful that Elliot shared it with me and, and I will finish it tonight. And so either go out and buy it yourself and read it, or I will have a full synopsis of it in a podcast very, very soon. So until then, better data always means better golf. Enjoy the week. Till next time. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Data Access Golf with Aaron Stewart. Check us out online at dataaccessgolf.com and we'll see you on the next episode.